Welcome to the Favorites, the podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. It's Thursday. That means it's time to enter the Thursday Thunderdome. <laughs> On today's show, our special guests will compete alongside my co-host, professional sports better, Mr. Lonely Hearts, Simon Hunter, in an epic test of wagers and wits that's quickly made this show the most celebrated contribution to the sports betting universe since the three-team teaser. What's up, Simon? Chad, what a, what a great couple of days it's been for your boy, Simon. Do you want to share? <laughs> I'm probably not going to talk about women anymore in their show because it's come back now and haunted me in a major way. And I'm getting rid of all my worldly possessions. And I've taken all my cash, everything I have, cleared out all the bank accounts, cleared out all the lock boxes, and I put it all into crypto and the stock market yesterday. I woke up probably down like $150,000 in the crypto market yesterday. And then by right now recording this and buying back in in crypto and the stock market yesterday, I'm probably up like 300K. So kids, when it's red, you buy. When it's green, you buy more. <laughs> Are you serious that you you did that yesterday that when everything it. tanked? Yeah, dude. That's the the oldest saying in the book is old men they sell when it's red, the young man buys when it's red. I love the stock market and I love crypto, dude. Like literally I I I think it was trading Bitcoin got down to um like 35 and now it's up to 41. So like I'm still not touching that, but Dogecoin, all of this other stuff. I mean, it's all it all moves in waves, but the stock market is just different where I pretty much went real heavy and I woke up this morning with a lot of money. So kids, please don't just gamble. Buy stock, buy crypto. Oh, Jesus Christ. Listen, between your financial advice and your dating advice, uh, I feel like this is the opposite of what people should be doing if they want to find love, happiness, and security. Let's see. You know, that's what I'm about. <laughs> you just drop that right there. Then you just walk away. I like that. I am about companionship. I am about respect. I am about love. I am about fulfillment. I already made my risk. By the way, the risk, you know what the risk is? The risk is in getting married. The risk is in dedication. That's the risk. Simon, today, your challengers come to us from the Jenkins and Jones podcast, one of the funniest, and this is true, one of the funniest and most beloved NBA podcasts anywhere, presented by our friends and colleagues at the Volume Podcast Network. In an unprecedented move, Simon, you will face the entire Jenkins and Jones crew, which means you will take on three challengers. The first is a Ted Lasso and Megan the Stallion Stan. If you don't count Bradley Beal and Jason Tatum, he's the most influential St. Louis native in the NBA today. Welcome to the show, LeJethro Jenkins, a.k.a. John Nichols. What's up? How y'all doing? Have we talked about my St. Louis roots? No, we haven't. Let's talk about those. Not only, not only is my mom from St. Louis, not only is my is half my family from St. Louis, my grandfather played in the minor leagues for the St. Louis Browns back in the way, way, way back day and played football at Washington University in St. Louis. Yeah, my uncle's James Cool Papa Bell. He, he's a Negro League Hall of Famer. That is a much bigger accolade than 
my grandfather playing in the minor leagues and I feel a little bit diminished. My grandmother lives off a street named after him. I always got <laughs> he, he's Uncle James Amito. Yeah, Let's I'm go on to our next guest. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm super excited for you. Cool Papa Bell sounds a little bit better than Babe Goldwasser. That's fine. All uh, I right. bet he was really good at baseball, though. Also, also, by the way, he taught Jimmy Connor's mother how to play tennis. And you know who taught Jimmy Connors how to play tennis? Jimmy Connors' mother. So by the transitive property, my grandfather taught Jimmy Connors how to play tennis. I'll give it to you. Simon, your second challenger, is the latter half of the, the Jenkins and Jones title and a man who has spent over a decade growing and cultivating one of the most cherished handles in all of the Twitterverse. Welcome, Dragonfly Jones, AKA, Tyler. Appreciate y'all. Do you have anything that you'd like to say that would make me feel bad? Congrats to your grandpa, man. I'm sure he was a hell of a baseball <laughs> player. <laughs> he probably he wasn't better than Cool Papa Bell, but you know, shouts to grandpa, man. It was more about my connections to St. Louis. It's not like, you know what I mean? But he just happens to be a hell, you know, whatever a statue dude. out in front of Listen, Bush. listen, I was kind of going to root for you in the game now. <laughs> probably not so much. All right, Simon, your final challenger is the straw that stirs the drink on the Jenkins and Jones podcast, the president and inventor of the Weepy Dad Gang. And along with, I was going to say with me, but really with Matt Mitchell, he's one of the five best ad read guys in podcast history. He's the pride of Long Beach, California, Mike Guardabasio. Going on, guys. Thanks for having us. Well, I was thrilled to have you guys. Now, man, you know, it, it it's is not what a competition, it is, man. man. It's, it's exactly a, a competition. <laughs> That's the whole point. It's the Thunderdome. It's a game, and I get to choose who wins. Now, I got three people I want to win, and one guy I want to send back to St. Louis. Here we go. Hey, I love to go back to the Louis. Your grandpa sounds cool, bro. Thank you. He's been dead for about 30 years, but he would appreciate this conversation. Here we go. Here's how the game is played. Today, you'll answer two kinds of questions. First, traditional trivia questions about sports, sports betting, and the world at large. Second, completely subjective, totally asinine, open-ended questions or prompts that I alone will judge and in all likelihood try to favor my best friend, Simon Hunter. <laughs> to accumulate points, you must answer the trivia questions correctly and also convince me that your responses to those open-ended prompts are better than the responses from your opponents. Because just like sports betting, you can't get them all right. I can't fucking believe your uncle is really cool Papa Bell. Is that I true? I can't either. That's I true. can't either, bro. <laughs> it's, I, I'm dead serious. My family lives off the street named after him, for sure. They got the street changed to his name. Amazing. All right, let's start. Part one is about the NBA Hall of Fame. The next induction class of the Basketball Hall of Fame was just announced. And while folks like Paul Pierce and Chris Webber are household names to many fans, let's talk about lesser known honorees. John, this question's for you. Cotton Fitzsimmons got his NBA coaching start in this city, coaching their team on three separate occasions. When he took the job in 1970, the city's metro population was under 900,000. Today, it's 5 million, the largest in the mountain time zone. Mountain time zone? 
that's the worst part of this game. You're just like, what in the world? What is even that question? Cotton Fitzsimmons? I thought that was like some some Boston Celtics shit. That, that, that. Here's a hint. Here's a hint. The name of the airport in this city is my favorite name for an airport of any airport in the world. Sky Harbor. Is it the we- most racist city in the mountain time zone? It might be. Hard to say. It's very possible. <laughs> okay, yeah. Salt Lake City. Phoenix, Arizona. All right. Yeah. Here we go, Tyler. John totally did not act cool Dude. in that first question. <laughs> At all. <laughs> My uncle would not appreciate no. that. <laughs> he is not happy. Yeah, in 1998, sure. Tyler, the Chicago Bulls delivered Michael Jordan his final NBA title. That championship roster boasted four players born outside the United States. 2021 Basketball Hall of Famer Tony Kukoc of Croatia was one of them. For one point apiece, mm-hmm. name any yep. of the other three. Okay, Luke Longley from Australia. Wow. Let's see who else. Bill Winnington. Bill Winnington oh was Canadian. Oh my God, right? I was just going to give you a hint for that one. Yeah, yeah. Bill Winnington was Canadian. Luke Longley was Australian. It's um, one more. Oh, it's more a hard one. Uh, Steve, Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr was born in Lebanon. Oh my God! Yep, there it is. You know, I kind of view him as an American, but yeah. 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 Tyler's about to mop us. Yeah, his dad was killing me. I'm bad at trivia. I I do not gamble, so it's. I'm not gonna lie. Avoid (laughs) trivia. Like I do not show up for trivia nights at work, bro. Like it's a wrap. My (laughs) wife's like a 15-time trivia champion. She knows fucking everything. Where is she at? Pull her in. (laughs) Tell her to leave work right now. We need her. I will say right now that Tyler just pulled off one of the most impressive answers we've had in the history of the Thunderdome. That's Tyler. Shit. Well, he Thunderdome Tyler. That's what we call him. You that, know? Was in, that was incredible. Was his birth. I know a little bit about a lot of shit, man. I, I'm gonna say that. <laughs> That's You are officially known as the Cliff Clavin of this podcast. Uh, Mike, Ben Wallace <laughs> will enter the Hall of Fame thanks to his legendary defense, which earned him four Defensive Player of the Year awards. That's tied for the most all time with this famous center, the NBA's only Congolese Hall of Famer. Dikembe. Dikembe. I remember that he built a school in the Congo. Okay, so actually, no, I'm great at trivia. It's just John. He, he John built like a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dikembe is one of the greatest philanthropists in like all of sports. Like yeah. he built a huge hospital out in Congo. Like shout yes. out to Dikembe, man. He's a good dude. But For sure, yeah, 100%. Simon, it's That's your turn. Good. High school scout Howard Garfinkel will be inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame because of his legendary five-star basketball camp, which became the recruiting mecca of summer basketball for over 40 years. Five-star operated camps in Pittsburgh and Virginia, as well as one in the town of Honesdale, situated in this Pennsylvania mountain range, a beloved recreation area for vacationing Northeasterners. You asking me about the Appalachian Mountains? Are you fucking kidding me, Simon? You live in Pennsylvania. Uh, I live in Jersey. Watch your mouth. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. That's, that was a weird question. The Poconos. Just so these guys know, I'm awful at trivia. I've Chad tries to cheat, and I've yet to win this game. So you guys are you guys are in good company right now. You should feel good about your odds. So, Simon, you're not getting credit for that. Sorry. Here's the prompt. Everyone's got to give me an answer. When giving a Hall of Fame induction speech, you should thank all the people who helped you get there. But you should also intentionally not thank the haters, detractors, and distractors who made it difficult 
feet even harder. If you were elected to the Hall of Fame, who is one person you would definitely not thank in your induction mm -hmm. speech? John, Tyler, and Mike, you are going to the Basketball Hall of Fame. Simon, you are going into the Sports Betting Hall of Fame. Simon, you get to go first. I'm new to the whole Twitter world for the gambling, and I've never experienced anything like the amount of hate we get. So a little backstory. Me and Chad went 5-0 and last year to start the year, and we ended 5-0. and And still, people hated me. People were just so brutal on Twitter. And I've learned my lesson that when people are coming in real hard on me about one thing that I'm saying, I need to double down on my bets. So I put out there that the Super Bowl, the spread wasn't going to matter. And for two weeks, people dragged me and Chad's good name through the mud. And what do you know? The spread was three. The Buccaneers won by about 20 points. The spread did not matter. So it's one of those. So who are you not thinking? Twitter? Yeah, they're the worst. No, I don't know about that. Oh, I hate you, Chad. Tyler, you don't hate me. Tyler, you're next. Um, I don't have a particular person, but I would just like to like not thank the Utah Jazz for anything they've ever done in my life as a basketball fan. They're just like the most annoying franchise, right? They're one of those franchises who are who's never good enough to win it all, but they're good enough to take a playoff spot every year and just get in the way of, of shit. And their fucking fans are irritating and horrible. So I would say like, you know, the Utah Jazz, they are just unbearable to me. When you go to Springfield, if you're a Utah Jazz fan, you're not allowed to stop at Tyler's exhibit. I got to say, that answer feels a little bit like Simon's <laughs> Mike, you're next. My dad. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no one here is going to name someone who made their life harder than my dad made mine. I'm going with my dad. <laughs> That's supposed to be, like, not funny, but it's the exact opposite. <laughs> And I, I feel bad <laughs> for laughing this hard at that answer. Wow. I feel like we need a part two of the Thunderdome just to unpack that. But I might have to put you in the lead just for being that honest and open on the podcast. John, chance at redemption. I would say Mrs. Wells, old big head ass. She was my fifth grade teacher. That is forever. Fuck her, dog. She gave me like a D on a four page paper I wrote on like the mating rituals of salmon. And she said, I didn't write it. She just didn't believe it. Like we had MS DOS back then. You know what I mean? How the fuck did I not write that? Kids turned in like one paragraph reports and got A's. But my mom called her and gave her what for and got my grade raised. So I, I do know See, that. So even if you had Ms. at Wells that time, head ass, you feel even me? if you had at that time gone to the library with the typewriter, right? Open up an encyclopedia <laughs> and type up a four page paper. You should have gotten an A for that, bro. Like. She just didn't fuck with me. And there's another reason she didn't fuck with me too, but that's a, hey, we'll talk about it in another episode. All right, well, guess what? I feel bad for you, but Mike won that round. There's no way a guy who decides on a podcast he's going to announce that he's not thanking his dad if he's inducted into a Hall of Fame is not winning that round. He earned that. He earned that. <laughs> he earned that. Honest to God, Over I feel the like he's been, a number of years. Yeah, 36 he's been, years. He's been he earning it for decades. <laughs> Here we go, part two. Too often. Some of planet Earth's most talented and driven individuals must toil in obscurity, even as they ascend to the very apex of their profession. The two best examples of this, of course, are NHL players and Nobel Prize winning scientists. So let's play another lightning fast round of hockey player or famous scientist. The game is simple. I present each of you with a name. You will tell me if each person is an NHL player competing for the Stanley Cup or one of the giants of the scientific community. 
John, John's out, John's out here like LeBron James last night after he got poked in the eye, just trying to find the middle rim, and just <laughs> punching blind right hey, now. Hey, that's fun though. This is I'm not going to be good at this. But this I, well, guess is, what? I love you're fun right. to me. I love this. This, this is you're, fun to me. Yes, you're up I love first. You're you're up first. Okay. Ready? Jean Pierre yeah, yeah, yeah. Savage, scientist or hockey player? That's a scientist. Won the 2016 Nobel Prize in Chemistry for the design and syn synthesis of molecular machines. Very nice. I went to a Blues game back in 2016. I know a little bit about hockey. Let's go. Hey, guess what? <laughs> My go. first hockey game, St. Louis Blues at the <laughs> Checkerdome. Tyler. I love the Blues. Great, great Tyler. too. Gustav Forsling. Gustav feels like a scientist name, but this feels like it could be a, a trick question. Uh, it feels too easy, man. You know, Gustav is a fucking chemist, right? <laughs> um, shit. You know, I, 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 they say go with first instinct, but I don't want to go for the okie doke. I am going to go Nobel. Mm, Swedish player for the Florida Panthers. I, I knew that one. But I honestly, though, Tyler, if you didn't go with your first instinct, you would be pissed if you were wrong. You know exactly, what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's why I live right with that, right that way. There, yeah. You can live you with that one. Mean? Mike, Jacques Duboucher. Scientist. Won the 2017 Nobel Prize in Chemistry after developing crypto electron microscopy. Oh, that's for obviously, obviously, we yeah. all know the, that. Well, hey, okay, okay, okay. Say, say that again, please. <laughs> please say that. What did he do again? Uh, developing cryo electron microscopy for biomolecules. Yo, what the fuck is that? Do you have any idea? It means he could freeze things to see them at a molecular level. Woo! Wow. I don't even know if you're making that up, but it sounded amazing. Prefix gang. Prefix gang represent. <laughs> Root word gang. <laughs> well done. Simon, Jean-Gabriel Peugeot. Mm, doesn't sound smart enough. I'll go hockey. Canadian player for the New York Islanders. Well done. Here we go. Your prompts. Imagine you have total authority in the world of sports. Select one big persistent problem in the sports world. Explain how you'd solve it and why this is worthy of a Nobel Prize. Prefix, Mike, you go first. I, this is sort of an obvious one, but I would say that I would, uh, sub, I would subject all of the finances of the NCAA and its member schools to the same kind of oversight that everything else at those schools is subject to. And I would have a revenue share for NCAA athletes from all TV contracts and partnership deals that the NCAA signs over and above their costs of hosting championships. You are a thoughtful man. Oh, God, I love you. Holy you shit. Beard, that was as lucid and thoughtful an answer. If they on... don't make any money, they don't have to pay anyone. But if they sign a $2 billion television contract... The people who are playing the games they're televising get a cut of the money. <laughs> I don't know how we don't just clip that and send that to the world so the and the problem of the NCAA can be solved. That was amazing. Tyler, you're pretty good at this game too. You know, we'll let John and Simon go last. So Tyler, you go next. Yeah, this Mike Michael's a tough act to follow. Um, my solution, well, my proposal is. I think that a uh, problem that we have, especially in the NBA and, and you know, college basketball and any courtside sports league is that 
fans talk a lot of shit, man. <laughs> and, 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 and basketball players are always tasked with being the bigger person. I think there should be a stipulation where if a fan courtside says some shit, some reckless shit to a basketball player that there should be there could be a a ruling where they go to the referee and say, hey, this motherfucker says such and such and such. I would like to engage in a fist fight with this. Fan. And the referee will make a judgment from there if that is fist fight worthy. See, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, Mike is out here fucking solving financial inequity. I just want to see motherfuckers get punched in their mouth for talking shit. So like, no, I yeah, like that's yours my better. I like yours. Russ gets to slap a jazz fan once a game. <laughs> I do think yeah. that's awesome because I do think the fans that come on the floor or sitting courtside acting like they've earned something by being able to pay exorbitant prices or because they know somebody and then acting like jackasses, they do, they do deserve some comeuppance. It will be a challenge for me to award you the point since this is the Nobel Prize and you are advocating violence. So let me... Let me take that. Under the advice. Nobel Prize is made is named after the guy who invented dynamite. Like, that point. is violence at its core. It's rooted <laughs> in violence. Let's let's, let's consider true. that. But by the way, you might have just won yourself a prize for bringing it back around to the man who invented dynamite being the namesake of the that's Nobel something. Prize. And that's actually John's other uncle. <laughs> 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 On my mama's side. You feel me? <laughs> we live in the cul-de-sac named after. John, John, it's your turn. <laughs> oh, shit. This might make Tyler's idea null and void, but my idea is really just I would take all sports out of Utah and Indiana. That way nobody would ever have to fucking go there, bro. You know what I mean? Or deal with mm. their fans. How much more peaceful would the world be? This may solve like humanity issues. That's the most humanitarian Attacking thing you can do is not make people go to Utah or fucking Indiana ever. That's you humanitarian. Deal with them weirdos. Yeah. That's a humanitarian That's answer. answer. That is me? an interesting answer. Simon, I need you to answer the question. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty simple. Mine. I, I honestly think we're at the point now. It's 2021. We know all the effects playing football has on your body, the long term, everything like that. It's crazy. They're still not guaranteed contracts. It, we, we've hit a point now where the money should just be guaranteed in the NFL. That, of all the sports, we know the damage it does to this people's body. That would be my biggest thing. My second biggest thing would definitely be all these athletes. I would love – I know they meet with people about investing and doing stuff with their money. I would love if there was like a th- kind of thing. The same thing happened with AI and Reebok where they held this money until he was 50. I wish there was a program set in place where like they'll invest these dudes money from 22 to 34 and then they just give them a lump sum of money once they're out of the league and they're just chilling. Cause I just think these dudes, they get that money. It's a fast life. So that'd be my biggest thing, man. We're just you trying to help these dudes. You're a 19 year old, $10 million and you're just, hoping, right. you hope it works out. Yeah. <laughs> I fuck with both those answers. You're a good dude for those answers. Thanks. Yeah, th- those are okay. Um, <laughs> here's what I'm going to do. I am going to give a point each to Tyler and John, and I'm going to combine their answer into one big answer. Because while Mike's is certainly sort of a beautiful thought and could bring peace and harmony and fairness, and Simon certainly could make uh, athletes' lives better, Tyler and John, that just might be the most entertaining. So they each get a point. (laughs) Right now, here's the score. Tyler has four points. Mike has three points. John has two points. Simon, how the fuck do you only have one point? Like you are normally dominating the game at this point. 
That's a lot of moving parts, Chad. I, I rally in the third period. Well, <laughs> guess what? We're in the third period. Part three. This week in the NFL, defensive end Ryan Kerrigan signed with Philadelphia after 10 seasons in Washington. Kerrigan was the franchise's all-time leader in sacks, and his departure to the rival Eagles has some fans furious. But this isn't the first time a star player has left town for a rival franchise. Let's talk about a few famous examples. John, in 2012, the Celtics lost this star player when he took a discount price further south in pursuit of another championship. The city of Boston. Ray, Ray Allen. That was 100% right. I didn't even finish the question. Matt Mitchell wrote all these nice things. I'm not even going to finish reading them because you got the answer so quickly. Way to rally, by the way. They had us in the first half. Hell you feel yeah. me? They had us this, in the first half. This is what people related <laughs> I, to Hall of Famers who have streets named after them do. Tyler, <laughs> in the year 2000, one of the most beloved soccer players in Barcelona history, Luis Figo, left for bitter rival Real Madrid. When he returned to Barcelona for a match, furious fans threw a bevy of objects at Figo during every corner kick. One deranged fan threw onto the pitch the small severed head of this young animal, typically roasted whole in Spanish cuisine. What is the animal whose head was thrown onto the field? I don't have. I don't I don't know shit about soccer and I don't know shit about small fully roasted oh. Spanish cuisine animals. Um shit, raw rabbit? Pig. Suckling pig. They threw a pig head at him? Yeah. They did. God damn. A pig. Soccer oh, fans pig. are crazy. Soccer bro. fans get emotional. That means until the corner kick was the corner kick in like the 70th minute. That means this dude had a pig head like in his jacket pocket for like an hour. When you think about it, when you unpack the question, and I did that uh, as I read the script that Matt Mitchell sent me, I thought to myself, how did they get this into the stadium? Was it in a bag? Was he holding it? Did it start to smell? I thought about all those things. Yeah, like one of those camelbacks that people put wine in. You know what I mean? It and he just had, had a suckling pig head. Fucking <laughs> fermenting. That is horrible. Simon, in 2001, this wide receiver signed with John Gruden's Oakland Raiders leaving behind a legendary career with the Raiders' regional rival to form an aging tandem with wideout Tim Brown. Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice is the answer. Simon Hunter on the comeback trail. If, if you had asked me that question, I was going to take my computer out into the hall where I have a picture of Jerry Rice. That's my favorite football player of all time. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a lifelong Niners fan. So, Well, guess what? You're getting this question. Are you ready? Yep. In 1920, this Red Sox star was traded to the rival Yankees for cash despite winning 89 games for them as a starting pitcher and leading them to three World Series titles. Is Babe Ruth the answer to the question or is that part of the setup? That is the answer to the question. Okay, Babe Ruth. <laughs> Babe Ruth. Well done. <laughs> it's like Here's you never know. Maybe the question is about what Babe Ruth's favorite food was or something, but it's Babe Ruth. I know these, these questions are always a journey. You really got to be listening. Baseball player of all time, you know. What I'm saying? You got to be listening for what the actual question is because you're getting it wrapped in a very, very special package. Here's the prompts for this section. During a long career, star athletes often switch teams, but only rarely do they defect directly to a big rival. If you could make any star athlete sign with their biggest rival next season, 
who would you choose if the goal is to create the maximum amount of chaos? All three of us have the same answers. You so know it's just about who you ask. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Fucking answer. John, you go first. Steph going to the Lakers. Are you fucking kidding me? Do you know what that would do to those yeah, Silicon Valley absolutely. nerds? At least eight people would spontaneously combust at their fucking Apple computer, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? That would create absolute chaos. And dude, like, there's nothing more ridiculous than that. Steph and Bron, Steph leaving the Bay for the Lakers, dog, no doubt. Steph to the Lakers, you think would create a Y2K event yes. in the state of California? Humans yes. would explode on yeah, the absolutely. spot, dog. Twitter would lose a a percentage of its user base from Warriors fans being like, "I'm not sticking around for this, <laughs> bro. <laughs> I'm fucking out." Do you know what we would do to them? <laughs> Dog, we would burn them at the stake. <laughs> you feel me? Online, bro. It would be tough. I would. <laughs> my, I'm salivating thinking about this right now. Oh, my God. All right, Simon. I, I want to hear if Tyler and Mike agree. This, but yeah. by the way, this is going to be where their connection to each other, their camaraderie, their commitment to their podcast comes to a test because do they want to win the Thunderdome or do they all want to? No, I forfeit my point. I'm not even going to answer it. I give my, my ability to compete for the point up to John. John has a perfect answer. Likewise. Yep. Wow. All right, Simon, pressure. what's your answer? Pressure. I don't know if I want though. Simon, there is and one answer. There's one answer I thought of that could be better than this. I just kind of went off brand. I went with Ronaldo coming back to the Spanish Premier League and going to play with Messi. If he went to Barcelona, dude, That'd be a world thing. The whole world would explode because that would literally create pure chaos across the country. Uh, This is tough because I was thinking about Aaron Rodgers to the Bears. That that was actually my answer. But football's not like that anymore. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. it's 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 really like I don't. Most football fans wouldn't be like, oh, to the Bears, like you, like Bears fans, Bears and Packers fans are invested in that. But I don't think like your average Seahawks fan wouldn't be like, how could he do this in this in the same way that like every basketball fan would be furious at that. And not even just basketball fans. Your average fucking accountant would be like that doesn't already watch basketball would say. This is why I don't watch basketball. Like people would be mad that aren't even fans of the game, bro. Yeah, you know, Ronaldo, Ronaldo teaming up with Messi would be the same shit on the global stage, though, for sure. That would be delicious. That's a bro. That's a world. Riots would literally break out. Let me refer to the previous question, where a fan threw the head of a pig at a player who uh, had left his team. They'd be throwing elephant heads on the field and shit. What? So <laughs> here's how we're going to judge this answer. I love how so it will look like 300. I got to say, I got I got to give it to Simon. You got to. I got to. Yeah. I mean, I, 100%. I, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad no. at it. All right. So here's the score going into the final round, the grand finale. Tyler's at four. Mike's at four. John's at three. Simon's at three. Uh, and the topic in the grand finale is coaches who could ball. First, each of you has to decide how many of your points you would like to risk. So Tyler and Mike, you have four points to risk. John and Simon, you have three points to risk. Please, this is a very high-tech system. Please close your eyes. Now hold up your fingers with your wager amount. All right, (laughs) here we go. Bill Russell will be inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame this year as a coach, becoming only the fifth person ever inducted separately as a player and a coach. The first to achieve such an honor was this man, 
the first player to be named a college basketball All-American three times. He went on to become one of the greatest coaches in the history of team sports with a dominant team throughout the Johnson and Nixon presidencies. Who was the first person inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame as both player and coach? You can find me in St. Louis Where they play, rain all day Some got jobs and some sell Others just smoke The first person inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame as both a player and a coach, Tyler, starting with you. I wagered four, and my answer is John Wooden. Amazingly, Tyler got the right answer, and he wagered four. He now has eight points. Mike, you're up next. Let's get it. I answered John Wooden, and I'm also Mr. Double Down. I also wagered four points. Fuck yeah. Wow. It's easy to bet invisible money. <laughs> John. <laughs> I went against my normal way of operating and bet at the bet the farm. You feel me? <laughs> and I said wouldn't. Wow. All right. So now now we got Tyler at eight, Mike at eight, John and six. I know Simon bet everything, and I'm almost positive he didn't know this answer. Yeah, literally not got one of these questions right. I think we've been doing it for three months. I said Jerry West. I had no idea. I was just like some old white guy. Let me just pick him. But it was the wrong old white guy. You were close. You had the right age and ethnicity. <laughs> also the right first two letters. Amazingly, not that I want to, you know, bring it back to me at the end of my podcast uh, just to win. John Wooden, also my great-great-grandfather. Is that fact? There's a, no, there's no fucking there's no way. Fucking You're too way. short. All of you? Right. <laughs> You're short, bro. <laughs> see, I'm, yeah. But yeah. come on. I'd be like, you to put that big joke on the table as soon as the cool Papa right, Bell right, 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 came right, out. Right. That's Dude, not I had the script. I had the script. I knew when I could bring it back. But for a second, did anybody believe me? Sorry. Simon did. <laughs> One second. Yeah, I was shook. Not. I was just like, what? Chad's an athlete? I'm a great Your athlete. head would have filled up more <laughs> of the screen. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. True. <laughs> you know what I mean? Big head, big ears, <laughs> 100%. All right. Well, right now, Tyler and Mike, you guys both have eight points. So for the second time ever in the history of the Thunderdome, we have to institute the Thunderdome playoff. Matt Mitchell, take us away. To successfully complete the Thunderdome Sudden Death Challenge and in honor of your two favorite states. Please add up these two numbers. The individual who comes closest will be declared the winner. The first number is the total number of Utah Jazz Western Conference Championships. The second number is the state of Indiana's rank in joining the union. In other words, Indiana was the blank state out of 50. That number plus the number of Utah Jazz Western Conference Championships. Let me know when you guys are ready. So I'm ready. I think I'm pretty much ready. <laughs> All right. Tyler, you go first. Okay. I know for sure that the Jazz have two Western Conference Championships. They've gone to two finals their whole weak-ass um, history. Now, Indiana, when they became a state, I want to I say they, 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 they look like a state that probably came on board around 22-ish. So I'm going to go 22 and 2. I'm going to roll out 24 there. 24 from Tyler. Mike? I am going to take the under 
and go 23. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Because, wow. Because I thought they would be like the 20th. Wow. I thought they'd be the You're going to be that person on The Price Absolutely. is Right. Absolutely. You are yeah. right. 24 up, and I got 23 and down. Hey, man, that's some Utah Jazz shit. Got to say it. <laughs> Very Utah Jazz. Matt might have been right, bro. <laughs> well, but no, think about it. No, think about it. Because I'm giving but, Tyler 24 through 52. Bro. Right? And I'm taking, we know they're not one of the original nine. So I'm taking 10 to 22. I wonder what Matt Mitchell, is. what is the answer? Tyler was correct in that the Jazz have two titles. Indiana was the 19th state. The answer is 21. And Mike's disgusting display of $1, Bob, takes him to champion. Wow. Wow. He he, he took the jet ski from me on Prices Right by putting a dollar on top of my shit. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know what? I did not see Mike doing that. That There's so much money on the line. I, I'm just trying to feed my family. <laughs> you know, like, uh, it's, it's, it's all Wait, good. You got two kids out here, dog. Tyler was describing his thought process, and I wanted to go, stop. Don't describe your thought process. <laughs> Mike's going to do some dastardly well, shit. I, I mean, I was, I was, I, I said 23. I was going to guess 22. So I don't, I don't feel too bad about it. I only moved my, my answer by one. Oh, uh, Mike doesn't feel bad about it. All right. I good to go. I don't feel by bad the way, about it at all. Do you know, you know who we can blame for Mike's dirty, dastardly deeds and the way he plays? My absent father. His father. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yo, what a callback. That's incredible. <laughs> and Chad just sits there nodding his head. 100%. Yes, I did that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what a fucking callback. Oh, Listen, guys, you have played valiantly and courageously and everyone in the Thunderdome <laughs> appreciates it. Uh, before we sign off, here's a word from our fearless leader, Action Network CEO, Patrick Keene. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Thank you. All right. I do want to thank everybody from the Jenkins and Jones podcast, from the Volume Podcast Network. This has been the favorites. Thanks to Tyler. Thanks to John. Thanks to Mike. Thanks to my BFF. Simon Hunter. As a reminder, the volume is now on YouTube. We've got new stuff up there every single day, including clips and interviews from all the network shows. Subscribe to the volume YouTube channel at youtube.com backslash the volume rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Download and listen on Spotify. Thanks for listening. We'll see you Tuesday on The Favorites. Love you. Love you.